0: Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Let's bring in Sal Capaccio. He joins us right now on the Western Hotline. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on uh this game here coming up. Sal, thanks again for taking the time this morning. How are you on this fine Saturday?
1: Pretty good, man. It's got a very nice Saturday out, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is not too hot, not too cold. It's just... uh it is just turning out to be a beautiful looking day uh, here in West New York. Better
1: weather than it's going to be tomorrow. Right, right. <laughs> well, well.
0: Listen, Sal, I, I'm I'm going to be at the game tomorrow as well, and I'm really hoping that the weather is going to hold off. And 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 if anything, get get the crap weather out of the way early in the morning, and then you know by kickoff at one o'clock, let's have clear skies. Let's you know let's let's. Keep the rain early on, and then let's let's move on past that point. But um, but it certainly doesn't look too promising, as it looks like that rain showers could be on and off all throughout the day.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, from Patrick Hammer yesterday when we had him on the Extra Point show, he said, you know, you're not looking at downpours, but it's going to be a light rain pretty much all day. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a good hour or so of dry time, but be prepared if you're going to the game. It uh, doesn't look like any sort of... You know, I said, "Is it is it change clothes at halftime type of weather?" He said, "No, but uh, I I just wish we had today's weather tomorrow." That's all right, <laughs> Bills, and it, it goes. I was it goes for both teams, you know. So there you go. Right.
0: Yeah, and you know what's the worst weather game that Josh Allen has played? Has it been that game? What was it? A couple years ago against the Eagles when it was just really high winds and everything and, and just was it didn't rain that game but what, what's what been the worst weather game that Josh has played since he's been at Buffalo Bill? Well
1: that's a good question um yeah I would think off the top of my head I mean the wind was the thing in the Eagles game that one year right that was mm-hmm. a really bad day but you know what there was some tough ones last year when you know there was this thing going around where when the, when the temperature dipped below a certain amount and you know how Josh Allen's numbers dipped but you know, the New England game was just a wet little – it was just it – was, it was miserable, that New England game with a punch out at the end. Right. That was a, a game at home like that. Um, it wasn't that great for the Sunday night Pittsburgh. Game. It was okay. It was, it was a little clear, but at times you had that as well, I think, if I remember right, um, being in that stadium. But, yeah, it, I would say, um, you know, so it, it's, it's Buffalo, right? They're used to this, practice, whatever. Um, we've had stuff like this. So, yeah, it's going to be fine, and look, Honestly, like in a regular situation, you want a team that plays in a dome in a southern city that practices outside or in a dome in the heat to to come up to Buffalo and have to deal with some elements. So I think From that perspective, I'm just thinking personally, to be honest, being selfish, Like I don't like standing in it for three hours, but hey, uh, I'd rather be in this for three hours.
0: Well, I I can't blame you for that, Sal. I mean, we, we throw you down on the field, and you're supposed to be down there, and it doesn't matter what the conditions are. You know, we're pretty much throwing you right into the fire, especially if the weather is bad, and it's just like, yeah, suck it up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what we do. That's our job. It's okay. I, it's first world problems. Right. It's
0: all good. Right. You gotta love it in order to do it. So, Sal Capaccio joining us right now on the Western Hotline here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. All right, Sal. So uh, let's get into some of the injury news that Sean McDermott spoke with you and Joe DiBiase yesterday on the Extra Point Show. We'll start off with the main player that is going to be out, Jordan Poyer. He's uh, he suffered the ankle injury late in the win against Washington and wasn't able to practice throughout the week so he's out so now I guess the question that I'll bring up to you is who's next up to step up to play opposite of Micah Hyde
1: so my best guess is it's going to be Jaquan Johnson because he's the guy that's been here for a while um he's the guy that usually is next up but I'll be honest DeMar Hamlin Josh Thomas I think this team really likes both those players um Josh Thomas of course on the practice squad they could elevate him it would be DeMar Hamlin um, it's most likely Jaquan Johnson or DeMar Hamlin, and they could elevate Josh Thomas for the game. We'll know by 4 o'clock today. But I think you're looking at jo- um, Jaquan Johnson only because he's been here this is his third year. You're talking about a rookie in DeMar Hamlin. As nice as he's played, as good as he I think he's got a really bright future. But I don't think you could do a lot of the things that you normally can do with you know, Jordan Poyer. You'd be able to do less with DeMar Hamlin, even with Jaquan. And, look, even though Jaquan Johnson, to me, isn't going to do a lot of disguising of the coverages, the nonverbal communication that goes into it with Micah Hyde, he still would be much more higher up on that level to be able to do those things than DeMar Hamlin at this point, point. and that's something the Bills really rely on.
0: Sal, I, I was doing a little research because when 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 Sal or when Sean McDermott was on with you guys and he brought up the, the point that Poyer was going to miss the game, I thought for a second, I'm just like, man, when was the last time Jordan Poyer missed a game for the Bills if he's ever missed a game for the Bills? So I looked it up. This is going to be his first game he's missing with the Bills since week 8 of 2017, his first year here in Buffalo. And then I thought for a second, I'm like, man, Micah Hyde has also played for a while. Uh, has he missed any games? He's only missed two games. So of the two main safeties the Bills have had, they've, this is going to be only the fourth game that one of those guys have missed for the Bills since joining this team. And the first thing that I thought was, man, that's durability defined to a T there for two Guys on this defense who have been so important for the success of the group since they came here in 2017.
1: Yeah, that's right. No doubt about it. And Micah missing the game. Maybe even one of those was um, like at the end of the season, you know, sitting out. I don't know for sure because they've been so great together being on the field. Yeah. Looking, I'll go a step further here. I, I was looking at the same thing, what you said, and I'll go league wide. So, how about this stat for you, Brayton? All right. Um, Jordan Poyer, by missing the game on Sunday, we know he's going to miss the game. Mm hmm. He actually, he was third, third in the entire NFL for consecutive regular season games started for any safety. Hmm. Um, Malcolm Jenkins at 122, uh, Kevin Byard at 74 for Tennessee, and Boyer at 60. So that streak is ending on Sunday. He was fourth in the league behind those two and Deron Harmon of Atlanta for consecutive games played at the position. For anybody in the league at that position at safety, those streaks, fourth most games played consecutively. And third, and third, most games started consecutively are both not going to happen now this week. So, yeah, he has been very versatile. You know, it's funny, Jerry Hughes was on that list, too, is, and he had a huge streak that ended last year because they sat him uh, week 17 uh, in the finale when he didn't play. So the Bills have had some, some guys have been really durable, and Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde certainly have been a couple of them. So, yeah, it, it, and look, remember when Dean Marlowe was on the Bills and you know he, he would fill in, he did a really nice job, he left via free agency, and I think one of the reasons was, hey, when am I going to get a chance to play behind these guys, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe the, the Bills, maybe it was mutual, whatever. But I think that when you're behind these guys, you know I'm probably not going to play much. That's why tomorrow's a big day for a guy like Jaquan Johnson or if they put DeMar Hamlin in. I, I, it's a big day for guys like that. They don't get many opportunities to get on the field and put some stuff on tape.
0: Sal, now we'll switch over to the offensive side of the ball. The big name that's going to be out tomorrow is John Feliciano. He he suffered a concussion during practice this week because it seemed like he came out of the Washington game healthy, and then he showed up with an illness on Wednesday's report, and then on Thursday was switched to a concussion. So with Feliciano out now, you know, we've heard committee between Bodker and Ford stepping in and filling in Feliciano's role. Who do you think kind of fits better between Bodker and Ford at this point to take over those reps that John Feliciano had on the offense?
1: Well, look, I mean, Cody Ford's been starting, right? But last week it was a little tough for him. I thought, you know, he was getting, getting beaten in early in the game mm-hmm. by Ron Payne, and that was a tough deal for him. Um, I thought he played better as the game went on. I think Ike Butker obviously is the guy next man up. You're talking about when you look at the depth chart, Ike Butker is clearly the next man up when it comes to guards. Uh, so I would expect him to be playing tomorrow and you know, in, in one of those spots and probably Cody Ford. But, look, they have options. If they don't want to do that, if for some reason they want to you know, move some guys around, Brian Bates is normally a tackle or center. He can play guard if they want to do that. They do not have Jack uh Anderson anymore. Remember, he was scooped up by the Philadelphia Eagles. They also have Darrell Williams, who is obviously a right tackle, who could slide over to guard. They could put Spencer Brown at tackle in that situation. I don't think they want Spencer Brown at guard. He's never really done that, you know, since in training camp. He only played tackle. Um, but they do have options here. I, I guess my best guess would be your starting guards would be Ike Butker and Cody Ford, and then you'll see where it goes. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's some, some other wrinkle thrown in there.
0: Okay. All right. And also, one other injury note that isn't pertaining to the Bills, but also it's pertaining to the Texans. They just announced, I guess, today that Danny is not going to play. He did not practice for... Uh, throughout the week with a thigh injury. So there's another option taken away for Davis Mills. So now when you look at the Texans roster, Sal, who who does David Mills have to really give the ball other than um, Brandon Cooks and maybe Philip Lindsey Mark Ingram? I mean, who, I mean, who else? Is... Well, you
1: said, there it is. It's Brandon Cooks. Right.
0: And then, the question, and then it's the dot, 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 dot. Yeah. Right?
1: I mean, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. So let's take a look at the Houston Texans you know, overall team stats this year. It's mind-blowing, actually. How much of the share that Brandon Cooks has as far as receiving. All right. Brandon Cooks, 23 catches. The next best receiver, six, and that's Danny Amendola. That's mm-hmm. it. Now they have Aiken's a tight end at five, right? I mean, they, yes, that's got David Johnson out of the backfield at five. How about this one? Brandon Cooks, yards receiving, 322. The next best on the entire team is Pharrell Brown at 67. So, yeah, I mean, without Danny Amendola, obviously, uh, that's much more of a challenge. But, I think the bigger injuries may be on the other side. It's not even injuries. Yesterday, the Texans put their leading tackler Zach Cunningham, on the COVID-19 list. He's not going to play against the Bills. No. They're leading tackler in the middle of their defense. Um, Ross, Ross uh, Blacklock is also on the, on the list, and he is third on the team in defensive tackle snaps. Like, these are important players for them. Zach Cunningham's their leading tackler, like I said. So these guys aren't playing right in the middle of their defense. And I think that is you know, much more because – When it comes to the Texans receiving, it's like, look, it's Brandon Cooks and then whoever we can throw the ball to. But this team is going to have to try and stop Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense. And without those two guys, it's going to be a lot tougher.
0: Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Western Hotline here on WGR as the Bills get ready to face the Houston Texans this Sunday in Orchard Park at Highmark Stadium. Sal will be on the sidelines and will be on the broadcast on the Buffalo Bills radio network as he will join John Murphy and Eric Wood for the play-by-play action starting at 1 o'clock. All right, Sal. So (laughs) I I don't know if you heard me right before we we started talking just with – my level of how hard it was not to overlook this matchup with Houston just given just how bad the Houston Texans kind of are put together and you know there's no Deshaun Watson in the picture it was Tyrod Taylor now Tyrod hurt so it's Davis Mills now in the picture and i think Jeff Driscoll is their third string fourth string quarterback now considered the backup because of the injury to Tyrod Taylor but how hard has it been for you to try to not overlook this matchup here going into uh, a time for the Bills, where you know after this week you've got the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, and then the next week after that you got the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football before they go in their bye week.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's been hard for me to like overlook it. It's 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 been hard, I think, to really dig deep into okay, like like this is a. Look at these two, like the Steelers, you know, coming in here. And man, what, there's so many storylines on the Steelers, and who are they? And ben Roethlisberger and, and that running game, and Najee Harris and the defense and all that kind of stuff. You go to Miami, it's their home opener. Miami beats New England, right? Okay, this is it. Like, what are the Bills going to be able to do? Can they avoid going to 0-2? You come back home, hey, Washington, good defense. Uh, they had that big win Thursday night the week before, and then they, uh, you know, Ron Rivera coming in here. Against Sean McDermott, two, two guys who, you know, his mentor basically that he worked for. And then you think about, you know, they lost their first home game of the Bills. They got to do it. This is a game where I just think the expectation is like, yeah, the Bills are expected to win. For me, it's more of been about, like, what's the level that the Texans can really threaten the Bills? Not looking past them necessarily, but also not kind of digging as deep into the storylines because the only storyline would be if they really did hang with the Bills. And, in close to an upset if not upset them. But right. we have precedent here. Right here in Buffalo, we have precedent. Bills went to Minnesota in week three of 2018, Josh Allen's rookie year. They were, what, 16 and a half, 17, 17 and a half point favorites, whatever it was. And they beat them, and they almost shut them out, and they destroyed them, actually. The game wasn't even close all game long. So it can happen. The Jets, in the middle of a tank, essentially, went to the Rams and won last year. Yeah. I mean, these things happen in the league. You, you can never... Let your guard down. I don't know about me looking ahead to the Kansas City game. Like, I try not to do that. I really kind of try to wait. It's the same way. But I'm like that in my life, Brayton. Like, when we go on vacation, (laughs) I tell my wife, she's like, aren't you excited? I'm like, no, I won't be excited uh, until we leave the house and we're headed to the airport. Like, that's just the way I am. Like, I don't do that. So I'm not looking ahead to Kansas City, but I I just – I think it's more about, okay, the Bills have to take care of business here, right? Like, what would it look like if they did not? That would be the thing to talk about.
0: Yeah, that would be be one heck of a thing to – to have to worry about with if if things didn't go well for the Bills tomorrow against the Texans, and if somehow, some way, Houston was able to pull off uh, an upset victory, that would that would be a lot to talk about, and a lot to uh, to process heading into a week like Kansas City. But I, I just have to I, I have to go back, Sal, because you don't look ahead to like vacations at all. Like I'm going on vacation in like three weeks, only mm-hmm. for like five days to South Carolina, and. I'm I can't tell you how excited I am to get some time off and, and get away for a bit just to relax. You, you don't, you're a different breed of animal, man. I do not do
1: that. Yep, I'm, I'm. I've always kind of been like that. Which is, yep, we have vacation. In fact, so here's one for you. Like, it go, coming up uh, after the so the Bills have obviously the game tomorrow, Kansas City, and then it's Tennessee, right? The Titans on a Monday night. Yep. And after that Titans game, so Tuesday, I'll have an extra point show. I'll be doing it from Nashville then literally I'm getting on a plane and flying to Florida like for vacation for the rest of the week because it's mm. it still bi-week that week. Yep. I'm not even thinking about that. Like that's not, an, it's, not even, it's something I will not think about until after the Tennessee game and probably not until I actually get into a ride to get to the airport after my show on Tuesday. I'm just like that. So, I, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if maybe um, I'm trying to think. Like, Did I have disappointment in my childhood <laughs> when I look forward to things? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't want the rug to be pulled out from me. I just... I try to kind of just temper my enthusiasm until it's right there, and I know, okay, we're here, because I don't want to be disappointed. I don't know, maybe something goes wrong or something like that. I I don't really know where it it comes from.
0: Yeah, it's like being promised a trip to Disney World, and then all of a sudden when you're packed up, ready to go, you wheel out the luggage, and it's just like, wait, what are are you talking about? We're not going to Disney World. Yeah, Uh, right,
1: exactly. Um, What about, uh, did you... um, you ever seen the movie Vacation, like the original Vacation? Um, no. Wally I don't. World? Was it Wally? Wally World, right? I think it's where they go. Um, I know you're a little young for it, but basically that's, that was one of the big things that happened in the movie. Like, they, they, they go on this cross-country trip. They finally get there, and Chevy Chase and his family, and the park is closed. Right? <laughs> Who's I mean, out front should have told is you? closed. Oh,
0: this goodness. Is, wait, this is
1: before Internet, though. Let's remember. So I don't know if they... They should have made a phone call.
0: Yeah, uh, real quick, Sal. Before we let you go, uh, I know you're going to have your three keys to the game coming up here later on today at wgr550.com. Yeah. But what what is something that you're watching for the most, looking ahead to tomorrow's game at Highmark Stadium? What, what what's one of like what's one thing that you're particularly going to be watching from the defense, the offense, whatever?
1: Yeah, you know, I'd like to see the pass rush uh, get to the quarterback again, uh, like they did the first. A couple of weeks really against Miami more than anything. Um, they really didn't do that as much last year, uh, last week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think against a, against a rookie quarterback who, as Micah Hyde said, has not seen every defense in this league, right? So I'm wondering, you know, can they make him hold the ball that extra half second because he's unsure of himself and they can get to the quarterback? I, I want to see the Bills be able to do that. This game, I just can't see the Texans really scoring many points on the Bills. I think the Bills will score enough points to take care of business. I don't know. Whether wet, you know, who knows how they play the game. Maybe the Bills don't score like into the 30s, but they still wind up winning the game pretty handily. But you know, I want to see if this defense can really dominate, Brayton. Like, right? you know, I mean, get to the quarterback, get him on the ground, get a turnover to like Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks and a bunch of Brandon Cooks and a bunch of who knows should not come into Buffalo and be able to put 17 points on the board, right? Short of a special teams touchdown or something like that. I want to see. That's the thing I'm looking for. It's more of a general sense from the defense to be able to just dominate this team.
0: Very good. All right, Sal. Well, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Enjoy tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty of you throughout the rest of the uh, next upcoming days here on WGR. Thanks again, and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline here on WGR.